traffic light settings altogether. Uh, joining us now is ACT Party leader David Seymour, and he's put out a press release. Um, he's saying that it is time uh, for the government, for the Prime Minister, to give up her, quote, vice-like grip on our lives and drop the COVID rules. David Seymour, welcome to the programme. G'day, Tims. G'day, David. So what restrictions do you want to remove and why? Do, do you want to go to green or do you want to get rid of the whole system altogether? Uh, we just need to dump it and move on, and ACT has been saying this since February. Uh, I think as a starting point, let's just apply some cost-benefit analysis uh, to the measures that the government puts in place. So what are the costs of this and, and what are the benefits? And the other thing I'd say is that um, the government dropping its rules doesn't mean everybody has to be reckless. So we should get rid of mask requirements. But that doesn't mean that a person who is ill themselves and doesn't want to pass it on can't choose to wear a mask. It doesn't mean someone who feels they may be vulnerable can't choose to wear a mask. If you're the principal of a school or the chief executive of a hospital or especially someone in aged care, uh, you can make your own rules. So it's not as though, you know, if the government doesn't tell us to do something, we lose all adult responsibility. Uh, People can carry on that way. But I just look at the vaccination requirements, uh, you know, the fact that I've been I've been told by someone flying out of JFK in New York, Air New Zealand's the only airline that's requiring you to wear a mask for 12 hours, um, and uh, whole cruise ships uh, swinging, giving New Zealand the swerve because, uh, they, frankly, we're, we're just sort of trapped in 2021 while the rest of the world's moved on. Okay. Uh, uh, people uh, have vaccine requirements. So it's interesting you say that we should have done this in February. So, so even during the winter where we had all the bugs that we'd kept out the previous couple of years, all those bugs plus COVID and, and people dying, that you think that we still should have ditched it as far, as far back as February? Well, you've got to ask yourself, you know, you, you can get a motive and say, oh, well, you know, you'd have less rules when people are dying. Uh, we need to get away from that emotive reasoning and start asking ourselves, what are the costs and benefits of the policies that we're taking on? Um, has our masking policy throughout the winter made a jot of difference? I would argue no. And the reason I say that is that if we can have it uh, in, a, in a retail store where it's just created a lot of conflict for retail staff, but not in a nightclub, I mean, come on, it's just not affecting the outcome of how many people get COVID, how quickly. What it is doing is putting costs on people and inconvenience, alienation and general frustration. So we should just drop it because it doesn't add up the costs do not out, or the benefits do not outweigh the costs. Is uh, vice-like grip, is, is that sort of overplaying it a bit? In what way are we in a vice-like grip, do you think? I think the, the sheer fact that the Prime Minister is still announcing announcements, uh, what she should have done, is said, actually, you know what, I've travelled around the world lately, Uh, we've overdone it, it's time to move on. Instead, uh, if we get a sort of a two-week run-up, it's as though she's trying to release a feature film this summer uh, and we get little teasers every now and then until the announcement comes along. Uh, You know, they actually need to say, we are no longer holding New Zealand. Uh, as if we are in the middle of a pandemic where we have to wait. Maybe we it's, get it's, funny though, it's, we it's funny, though. It's funny, though, saying vice-like grip, though, because we can travel pretty much anywhere we want. We can have weddings. We can have funerals without restrictions. We can go to restaurants, bars and shops. We can go to sporting stadiums. We can go to concerts. How is that a vice-like grip? And yet still here we are debating whether or not the Prime Minister will give us some freedom back. You know, but we almost, have those freedoms. We've got those freedoms right now. Year. 
Well, yeah, we're not discussing the ones we've got. We're discussing the ones that we still don't have. And, and the reason that you got me on the show is that it is still significant that we're just about the last country on earth where you got a show of vaccine card. And, you know, cruise ships are giving us the swerve. It is still significant that mm. you know, New Zealand's just about the only uh, plane leaving New York where they're going to make you sit, sit with a mask for 12 hours. So, you know, th- these, are, these are significant issues. And yeah. I think the way that we are forced to come on here and debate it, will she or won't she find out in two weeks? week's time. If that's not a vice-like grip, given that the rest of the world has moved on, I don't know what is. Uh, there's been a suggestion from the, dis- well, not a suggestion, uh, the, the disability advocate and lawyer, Huhana Hickey, has basically said moving to green would be eugenics. So there is that side where people who feel vulnerable um, are concerned that they're going to be bearing the brunt of a change. What's your response to that sort of language, I guess? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, the language is so distasteful. Uh, I mean, you know, Huhana Hickey, she, she used to argue against me um, on the end-of-life choice legislation, and uh, I think she's good at getting a headline, but she doesn't do herself or the cause many favours. And that's a shame because, you know, I think we've got to do a lot better for people with disability in this country on a whole range of measures. Um, but the idea that we move from requiring masks um, you know, in in retail, but not hospitality, um, to not requiring them anywhere unless the property owner makes the rule, um, is somehow equivalent to uh, a movement which was designed to breed whole races of people out of existence. Um, come on, let's be a little bit serious. I, I think, uh, frankly, people should stop taking Huhana Hickey uh, seriously. She's let herself and the truth down far too many times. You've said that workforce shortages are having a huge detrimental impact across the health sector. Why should anti-vax, anti-science doctors and nurses be looking after our sick and vulnerable? Well, I think, you know, first of all, we've just got to dial the emotion and the temperature down. I, mean, I don't know if you've been to shock jock school or something. First of all, we don't know what the reasons that those people are. I'm a real shock jock. I mean, that, that, that's yeah, often well, the you, feedback. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a real try-hard one. Um, but, you know, let's be honest. We don't know what the reasons that those people have are. Um, what we do know is that, you know, some of them are people that actually had a bad reaction. Some of them tried to get really? an exemption. But, yeah, yeah, some of them weren't able to get an exemption. Because so so would most of them be in that category as opposed to anti-vaxxers? Uh, look, I know one has that data, but I think it's too much. You, you've just you've just said it's all of them, uh, characterise them in one I, way. I certainly characterise um, it as most of them. Yeah, and and you don't you, you you don't have the evidence for that. Um, what we do know is that they have a range of motivations. The other thing we know is that vaccination is not making any real difference anymore to spread. Um, it's not making any difference to the severity for the most part because a lot of the immunity is faded, um, and it's not making as much difference because Omicron is far milder than previous variants. So given it's not really making any difference, given we don't really know their motivations, let's just dial it down. Uh, Instead of trying to characterise them in a certain way, let's just work out how we can get more people uh, back into our overstretched healthcare system. Would there be anywhere where you'd you'd actually say, okay, well, mask wearing is still a reasonable um, course of action, such as public transport? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And look, when it comes to local stuff, I always back the principal. So, like, I'm at a time of the year over the last couple of months where I try and visit all 30 principals in the Epsom electorate. And what I've found is that some of them have been quite militant on mask wearing and some of them have been quite laissez-faire. And the more militant ones have had far less absenteeism over the winter and generally run their schools better in their view. 
So, yeah, you know, I'd always back them to make that decision if I was running a bus company. Um, then, you know, potentially I'd say this is worthwhile through the winter, probably less likely as you come into spring and as the cases subside. But we should always, you know, allow people to make those decisions on their own property. I guess I guess you know, the, the, the problem is the conflict there is that you're still going to have an organisation. So we, we might say, I might decide I don't really want to wear a mask on a plane or a bus or a train. And yet, uh, and so I would find if Auckland Transport, as a transport provider, made that decision, I'd be, I wouldn't be very happy with that because it's still a form of authority telling me what I can and can't do. Where would you draw the lines on who can control our lives? Well, I think ultimately, you know, when people disagree, private property is a wonderful way to deal with those disagreements. So, you know, some people think Chinese food's good, other people don't. The trick is, you know, you have different restaurants owned by different people and they do different stuff and you choose where to go. So, you know, by allowing people to make their own decisions, you can often alleviate that stuff. Where it's harder, as you point out, is when you've got things like buses and trains that are kind of commonly collectivised. And that's when you need people to make good decisions based on evidence. I would suspect that if you were getting that sort of advice, you're in charge of, say, I don't know, Auckland Transport or whatever, um, what you'd find is that the amount of transmission occurring um, on buses is very, very little. And most of the people that get it there were inevitably going to get it somewhere anyway. So you're just changing the timing and therefore you wouldn't require it. Um, but I'd rather have people making decisions at that level than at government level, because often the circumstances are different. So, like, you know, we for a long time had a massive shortage of midwives, um, and we put restrictions on them that meant we had an even worse shortage of midwives. Um, I suspect people would have made different decisions uh, if they'd been allowed to do it for themselves rather than mandating every health worker in the country and putting them under one basket. I mean, it's been estimated that less than 100 people in the country have genuine exemptions for having the vaccine, which would then suggest that overwhelmingly the people who have chosen to not continue on in their line of work have done so because they are uh, anti-vaxxers. And, and whether that's being a try-hard shock jock or not, the, that's the information that we have. Well, I'm glad it's taken you a few minutes to think of a fact, but actually, you know, there's no shortage of people who say that uh, they had a doctor who wanted to give them an exemption but couldn't. I've dealt with them personally just as a local constituency MP, um, and the fact is that that criteria of 100 meant that there are a lot of people who had a bad reaction. Uh, their doctor acknowledged it was a bad reaction. Uh, they weren't able to get an exemption, uh, and they're very angry. And I just think we should, you know, chill out and um, be a bit more tolerant and accepting of that. I think if we'd done that, uh, we could have avoided a lot of the division of the last year. All right. Thank you so much for being on the program. That's ACT Party leader David Seymour at half past three. Uh, we will be back in just a moment. We'd like to get your thoughts on 0800 80 1080. Your response to that, so the government will be making a decision next week when it comes to the traffic light system. Um, and the Prime Minister has hinted that it may go all together. Uh, but then also remembering that we are in the orange setting, there's the potential that it could go to green. So should it go to green or should it just be ditched altogether? We'd love to get your thoughts on 0800 80 1080. Uh, and you can text as well on 9292. It's half past three. News Talk ZB. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. 
it's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy. You've got a girl. Get the snip. You're you done. Got- you get to figure out what it's like raising a girl. You get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a shit ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clint and Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.